This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! <coughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. We've got another amazing guest this week, because you know what? We're fun people, and people are attracted to fun. And yet another person who's attracted to fun is Mr. Jeffrey Kahn, who you've probably seen in the movie A Trivia Schmodown. He's bounced around the league. He's made a name for himself. The guy's a rock star. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, good to hang out with all of you. Uh, this is actually my first official podcast appearance. Oh, wow. So all right, so yeah. guys, we need to be gentle. We have to be gentle. So with you're this, getting this, this yeah, first 100% time. genuine reaction yeah. from me. we got to ease him in. Well, it, it, this is great. I'm actually, I didn't even know that before we started recording, so that actually makes me even happier. Yeah. Love that. But before we even get today's show started, we got to talk to my co-host here, Andres Gallego. We've got Nancy Rodriguez. How are you guys doing today? Are you Are you lovely? Oh. I'm always lovely. Well, Andres doesn't. Well, especially like, today. <laughs> Andres is like, fuck, oh. dude. I don't know. Just a life, you know. <laughs> it's it's been a great. It's been a far. That's all I will say, guys. Just back to back. Okay. And the, it's it's been a great week, and then everything is going to go back to its original programming this upcoming week. So okay. I'm just living it up as best I can right now. I've been on like. Six okay. after shows all talking about the Batman, and then last night I went to go see Speed Racer over at the New Bev in 35. It's it's a great week, guys. It's if there's one week. thing Andres loves to do is that he loves to brag about seeing movies in 35 millimeter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, his that, really. that, that's his MO. That's his MO. Just once per episode, like so. Last week I saw Speed Racer in 35 mil, and then like the previous week, you know, I saw like Halloween in 35 mil, even though it's not even Halloween. But you know, humble brag hashtag. <laughs> 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 but it's a trend I love, so I can't really complain. But uh, today, on today's show, we've got a jam-packed show. We've got plenty of fun things to talk about. So we're going to start it off with some movie news here. And in a piece of what-the-fuck kind of movie news, we were given a story late in the week that apparently an I Am Legend sequel has been greenlit with not only Will Smith returning, but we also have Michael B. Jordan starring in the sequel. So this news kind of took a lot of people by storm, definitely took me by surprise. So we'll start with you, Jeffrey. What did you think about this piece of news? Are you excited about the process? Aspect of a sequel or are you just kind of like huh um it's probably more of a huh but you know mm. i saw i am legend once i liked it um did not think there would be a sequel or there should be one right. um but you know it is michael b jordan and the guy's crushing it in almost everything right. he does so that makes me excited i don't know how they would fit will smith in i guess with flashbacks spoilers <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen the movie um <laughs> but yeah i think you know it's intriguing and i you know i know we're at the beginning phases of this movie news so we'll have to see you know where it goes from there gotcha gotcha okay we're gonna shift gears andres what do you think about this piece of news oh man it's <laughs> is it really necessary guys is it really do we really need this movie really need this movie that was the most stressful like moment I've heard andres like this hear that I did, I did hear a little bit of an echo, but I thought it was just adding to your dramatic effects, so I didn't question it. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Let, let's just keep rolling with it. No, just, we're going to roll Honestly, with it. Like I said, maybe, we are a Rough Around the Edges podcast. Rough Around the Edges. <laughs> maybe, maybe the universe is echoing my sentiments. You know what I mean? Maybe. <laughs> like, Say, look at that. See? You ran with it, and I appreciate that. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. So I, I, I liked I Am Legend when it came out back in 2008, but... 
do we really need a sequel to it? And is really the audience even begging for it by this point in right. time? It's it, it just feels so unnecessary. Like it, it, it feels like a movie that they go well. Will Smith is box office Viagra, so let's just uh, put him in another movie with uh, Michael B. Jordan. Also, Michael B. Jordan, aren't you supposed to be working on Creed three right now? What like like what kind of contemplation is going on right here? Like, right. I, 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 I get it. It's his directorial debut with Creed 3, and maybe he's a little nervous. Maybe he wants to do other things beforehand, but you got to get to work, man. You got to get to work on that Creed 3 sequel. Anyways, <laughs> l- lukewarm at the very most for this movie. But you know what? I'm willing to I'm willing to walk in, watch the movie, and if I'm proven wrong, I'm proven wrong. But so far, I... I <sighs> Just wow. really, really I feel like this movie like made list. you like self destruct. I feel like you just kind of like short circuited. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's, yeah. So while that's... yeah, <laughs> so while Andres reboots, we're gonna go to Nancy. Nancy, what do you think of this piece of news? Um, I mean, I had the same kind of reaction of you know who is asking for this movie because I know I'm not. Uh, Michael G. Board, Michael G. Borden. Michael, Michael G. Borden. Now Nancy now is breaking. Now she's She's definitely drinking now. Projecting what the movie is probably going to be like. Fucking mm. boring. Um, but no, uh, Michael B. Jordan, I really like. So I'm curious. The same, similar to Con, if they're going to just do flashbacks. Um, because someone was telling me there's also a deleted scene where there's an he's, alternate ending. Alternate ending. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, where he's still alive or something. So I'm curious if they're going to go that route of just, oops, we actually wanted to do this ending. Let's you know have him in it still, or if right. it's just going to be right. flashbacks. But I'm sure it'll be fine. I don't think it's going to be anything exciting, but I, you know, I'm sure it'll be a decent movie. Wow, I have never met a group of people who just don't give a shit. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone here is just like, nah, man. I don't like. Like, I mean, look, I'm with you guys. I, I actually had to do a double take and check the source of the article. I was like, oh, is this like some rumor or whatever? And then we called multiple sites were reporting, and I was like, oh my god, why? Why? Like, why are we doing this? I mean, I get, look, back in the day when it came out, it was a big hit. And if there was a time to capitalize on a sequel, it would have been maybe a couple years later. That would be the logical time to do it. Um, And in the theatrical release, spoiler alert, I'll give like a three second pause. One, two, three. It's been 14 years. Will Smith died (laughs) in the movie. So, I mean, yes, there's there's an alternate ending where he did survive, but it would be very strange for a studio to all of a sudden treat that alternate ending as if it was the theatrical ending, which I feel like would be kind of rub a lot of people the wrong way. So the only way I could feasibly maybe see this movie, either if it was a sequel, maybe it follows Michael B. Jordan and Will Smith maybe, you know, um, pops up in some flashbacks like Khan was kind of alluding to a little bit. I feel like maybe that could work. Or if you just do a full on prequel that involves the both of them, then that could work. But if you're going to do a sequel where Will Smith is just like he survived and he's going to continue on, I don't know if I'd be on board for that because I've never heard of a sequel using an alternate ending as like canon. I've never, <laughs> I've never heard of that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not really hankering for a sequel. I mean, it was the kind of movie you watch a couple times, if that, and then you kind of just move on with your life. And it was a solid movie. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I feel about that. But we're just going to shift gears because I could tell but, everyone's dead faced, and you're like, real quick, yeah, go for it. Andre says, but wait, hold on, <laughs> but wait, hold but wait. up. But here's the thing: 
the only you were you just reminded me just now to bring it okay. back to Batman to bring it back to Batman. The only reason I watched I Am Legend to begin with was because it had the eight minute preview attached to it in IMAX for The Dark Knight. Uh, so I was like, oh, yeah, that was really I only saw I Am Legend maybe only once. And that was the only reason I went to go see it was for a Batman thing. So there you go. So, there you can't which even just reminds me, Batman. Eric <laughs> dragged me. I'm If I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure Eric dragged me to an IMAX showing of I Am Legend specifically so we could just see that. And we'll never forgive him for it. Except that was it was, it's also a great open. So, I mean, do, can you really hate him? I mean, I don't a little bit. But um, yeah, so shifting gears to some some trailers that came out this uh, these past couple of weeks. There's a couple of big ones we're definitely going to be talking about. The first of which is a trailer for a movie that looks like it could be a ton of fun and definitely looks like a very colorful, fun time with the movies. We got a trailer for Bullet Train, which is a new movie, a new action comedy, it looks like, from director David Leach that stars uh, Brad Pitt and a pretty fantastic supporting cast that includes the likes of like Logan Lerman and Joey King and uh, Brian Tyree Henry to name a few. Sandra Bullock, I believe, is in this as well. It looks like it's a very different kind of action film, a very stylish kind of action film. What did we think about this? We'll start with you, Nancy. What did you think of this trailer that you just watched? <laughs> no, I saw so this one. So, it was the so, other oh, one I had to this one. Yes. Oh, okay. This one, this one right. came before right. Batman, so this one I did see. It was the other one oh. I had to watch. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But yeah, no, it looks really stylish. I really like the concept behind it. Um, what's funny is I can't remember, like, as I was watching the trailer, I was like, what the fuck is this movie called? Because at the uh, end, it's not like it puts, like, bullet train, you know, like, across. It's, like, very subtle. Um, so when you guys mentioned bullet train, I was like, oh, no, I haven't seen this. But I, in fact, have seen. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt, right? Brad Pitt, yeah. Looks yep. uh, great. I'm excited that he's going to be in another movie other than The Lost City. So <laughs> that's always nice. So much, so much hate. So much trailer. hate put on this movie. No one's seen yet. I've seen, I've seen, <laughs> I like it, but I've seen the trailer. I don't know how many freaking times already because of I I don't know. I've seen it so many times. I'm over the trailer. Um, but Bullet Train, I'm excited for. First time seeing the trailer. I think it looks really stylish and really, really. It looks really fun, honestly. Awesome, awesome, Jeffrey. What'd you think of Bullet Train? Hit us with the opinions. Mean, what we got? Yeah, I guess Brad Pitt liked working with David Leach on Deadpool too. Uh, in his yeah. you know, one little cameo. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> um, but yeah, this looks fun. Uh, I love a lot of recent action movies on trains have been good, like uh, Snowpiercer and Train to Busan. So this looks like it could add to that collection of good movies on trains um <laughs> the train know. genre it looks exactly. like it's gonna be a great time <laughs> no. um, yeah, yeah. Look, down. i mean could I have a category films on trains could be could be and some cast is just smacked yeah it has like zazzy beats it has you said brian Do you just freeze for you guys too? Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I was like, do you guys hear him? <laughs> no, I did like a quick. I, I did like a quick take. I was looking at you guys. I'm like, they look like they're still like watching. And I'm like, all right, maybe it's just a bad condensation. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I'm telling you right yeah, we're now, like, we're keeping that in. We're keeping, yeah, we're that, keeping in. that in. That was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> we, we, might, we might have to shorten that for the audio version, but at least for the video version, let's just keep all of us just being like... Oh, my God. I, I shit you not. I legitimately just thought it was me because I was looking at you guys, and either you were putting in, like, best actor and actress nominations because you looked like you were, like, into it. I was looking at you, Tom. I thought you were into it. I swear no, I, I thought you nodded. I was, I was literally looking at you and Andre. I'm like, oh, I guess they hear him. Maybe it'll take me a few seconds. Nope. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Exactly I was looking at all you guys. I'm sure I'm good now. I believe I'm good. Yeah, now. no, you, you you look good now. <laughs> and obviously, we're gonna let you finish your thoughts. But oh my god, okay. that was that was. Yeah, something I'm not else. exactly sure where it cut off. But yeah, um, we're talking about the cast. Right. There we I go. was talking about like I, I love the ensemble cast just from like the <laughs> initial trailer. Uh, names you didn't mention were like Zazzy Beats, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I there it just, is. It's a great cast, and I think you know that should add to the the excitement um, of the action. So, should be good. We'll see. All right. So he's looking forward to it. I'm happy we got your full thoughts there because I was worried. Yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Andres? What do you think of this trailer? Oh, dude, I'm so looking forward to it. This looks like the epitome of a lot of fun. Like, again, how you're talking about, Con, like, movies that take place in trains, but then just also, like, small sequences that take place in trains. Like, this gave me a lot of vibes of, like... Like, imagine if you took the train sequence from Wolverine, from the Wolverine, mm. and then you right. crossed it with spies, and then you crossed it with, like, this really bright color palette and you just made it just so hilarious and so great so yeah now honestly i'm really really stoked for this trailer and for this movie in general and fun fact it was actually um i think somebody had mentioned that this might be in that this might be um brad pitt and david leach's third collaboration and i'm like wait what and it's like yeah apparently david leach was brad pitt's stunt double for a previous film and apparently oh. they hit it off really well and that's exactly why he was able to call him up for um for Deadpool 2 for the cameo and then um you know leading up to this i mean it just it just looks like those guys have a great rapport with each other and then also on top of that the one thing that nobody brings up about David Leach is that originally he was the co-director for John Wick 1 and 2 but the mm -hmm. problem is with the DGA, you can only get like one credit or you can only get one credit unless you're the Coen brothers. But the thing is that basically he directed half of John Wick one and two and he never got the directing credit. And then all of a sudden, you know, when he goes off and makes Deadpool two, people are like, oh, my God, he's a first time director. It's like, no, he nailed it right no. off the bat with John Wick, yeah. guys. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it, it's it's really exciting to see um, what David Leach's career has gone through um, just with everything and with Deadpool 2, I really enjoyed that. I actually probably enjoyed Deadpool 2 more than the original. So same. same. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so on board for this movie. No pun intended. <laughs> Love it. No, like <laughs> I'm like, I really do think that David Weech is an extremely talented action director and like, he's not only great. And I especially think this becomes is because he comes from a stunt background where his action sequences are so well staged and choreographed and you get to see them in all their glory. There's no quick cuts. You get to see like these nice wide shots of the action. All of his movies are very colorful and vibrant. Like you could tell he's having fun doing it. Like, like you said, this movie just looks like a ton of fun. You have an amazing cast that looks like they're being very well utilized where everyone's having fun. Everyone's kind of tongue in cheek. There's a lot of great humor in the trailer. The action looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, which I'm really excited about. And I'm excited to see him explore 
like an action movie like this, which feels very like Snowpiercer-esque, which feels kind of very Wolverine-esque, a nice cool hybrid of the two. And seeing Brad Pitt actually like being an action comedy, awesome. Like we haven't seen him really in an action movie really since probably World War Z is the last one I can remember where he was in like a kind of like a big action movie. So it's good to see him get back into the genre and look like he's having a blast with it. So yeah, I'm like with you guys. I think this could be like a big hit in the summer, big like sleeper hit. And I think it'd be a great time at the movies. And speaking of big summer movies, that's not coming out in the summer because I don't know why I tried to use that as a segue. Cause that's not a thing. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna talk about a big blockbuster movie that's coming out. I think in April, is it April? I think it's April, right? Yeah. It's April. Uh, for, yeah, April. Thank you, Andres. You're always my fact checker, and I rely on you heavily. But uh, Movie we got a brand States. new. <laughs> okay, the people didn't need that. But <laughs> now you lost us. <laughs> now you lost never us. again. Yeah, never again. We we talked about this off camera. But uh, we got a brand new trailer for Fantastic Beast Three, which is um, it's not Dumbledore's army. What's the, the fuck's the name of the movie? Dumbledore. Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was Dumbledore's <laughs> army, but uh, yeah, the Secrets of Dumbledore. We got our brand new full length trailer here for the movie. What do we think about it this time? We'll start with Andres. What do you think of it? You couldn't pay me enough to care about this movie. You couldn't pay wow. me enough. Here's the thing. I went from I such went- a high with Harry Potter where I loved the Harry Potter franchise. And then it got to Fantastic Beasts. I don't know what it is about that franchise in particular, but I've never, in every single way I've seen the movie, I've seen Fantastic Beasts over three times now by this point. Twice at test screenings and the final cut in theaters. I fell asleep in every single one of them. I just I just couldn't care. I just couldn't care less about that movie. Same thing with too much of it. You saw it too many times. No, 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 no. Like uh, like honestly, what ended up happening was I pieced together the movie in all three of those screenings because whatever I missed in that first (laughs) screening, I pieced together in that second one. And then I still missed some stuff in that second one. And I finally got it in the third screening. And honestly, it I don't know what it is about that movie, but there's such a disconnect for me on it. And then also it feels so not not cynical, but it just feels like such a cash grab of a franchise. It doesn't feel like they actually went into it with with a full on with a full on need to tell the story. It's like okay, we're just getting this story. Same and I and same thing with the sequel. Although I did like the sequel a little better. This third film, I don't know. I'm let it be the last one. Let let us be done with it. We 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 don't need to keep digging the Harry Potter pit on that front and just keep giving us these bland movies. F- Freddie, oh my God, I, I, I don't Redmayne? even care about what, yeah, Eddie Redmayne, yeah. <laughs> Wait, Freddie Redmayne? Yeah, Fre- I said Freddie Redmayne, yeah. <laughs> That's how much he doesn't Freddie give a shit. I don't know, I, Freddie I, Redmayne, whatever the fuck his name is. Whatever, whatever, all I remember is him screaming his head off in Jupiter Ascending. And I'm like, yep, that was the first time I saw him in anything. So there you go. But Damn. yeah, no, no, with this movie, I don't think Newt, Newt is even that compelling of a character at all. So honestly, I'm thinking about it right now. We should have talked about Morbius. <laughs> like, at least with Morbius, <laughs> I can say something about that. That's that's how much I don't care about this movie coming out. I'll probably still see it and I'll probably still fall asleep. So there you go. Okay. 
So we have a nap in Andres' future. Got it. All right, Jeffrey, what do we think of this trailer? Anything different? I think, the same? I think I'm, a, I'm kind of with Andres, maybe not to that extreme, but um, it's, it's <laughs> weird. I, I'm looking at the titles of each of the Fantastic Beasts films, and it seems like they're getting more desperate because the first one is just Fantastic Beasts. There's no mention of like anything Harry Potter. The second one, you add Grindelwald or the, the Crimes of Grindelwald, which is like a deeper cut. Harry Potter mm-hmm. reference, but now the third one they're just full, going full on saying, "Oh yeah, just it's Dumbledore. Dumbledore's in it," and so it seems like they're just getting more desperate. They're trying to lure in all the Harry Potter fans that they can. Next one, Fantastic Beasts, Harry Potter. Fantastic Beasts, it's just Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic Beasts is the birth of Harry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like it just seems like they know they know they're like it's diminishing returns, so they're trying to get back mm. the fans that love Harry Potter. So I mean, we'll see. But uh, and Matt Milkison is not a bad choice to for replacing Johnny Depp. But you know, I'm I'm also not very excited to see this movie. Okay, Nancy, are we going to go three for three for underwhelming reactions? What are we doing here? Uh, yes. I mean, I think it will be fine. I actually haven't seen the second movie. I've only seen the first one, You're which tells you yeah, how invested I am in this franchise. I think one of the things I really loved about the Harry Potter franchise is they really do start off as almost kids movies. And because the characters progress, they get darker and more serious. And I feel like I'm not getting that progression with Fantastic Beasts. And granted, I haven't seen the second one, but just seeing like the bits I have seen in the trailers and stuff like that, it just doesn't seem like there is a big progression in terms of storytelling. Um, so I, I think it's probably more geared towards kids who have been maybe newly introduced to Harry Potter through the films and not so much those hardcore Harry Potter people who have read the books and seen all the movies and like have grown up with Harry Potter. So I think it'll be fine again, but I don't think it's going to be something I'm like excited to go see. Can, 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 can I just mention one thing real quick? So you, so you say that this movie is made for the people that are supposed to be newly introduced to Harry Potter. I remember I I actually still own the first Fantastic Beast on digital because I got it for free. And I was back home for Christmas and my nephew was basically just like, oh, can we see that Fantastic Beast movie? I kind of want to get into Harry Potter. And then literally we got about 20 or 30 minutes in. He's like, is this supposed to be fun? And then I was like, okay, no, we're stopping <laughs> this right now. And I literally popped in. You're like, don't let this yeah. ruin Harry Potter no, for you. No, oh yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. So, 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 so like literally what we did was we popped in, I stopped that one immediately. We popped in the first Harry Potter and we did a straight marathon of the first five movies back to back. And there that's exactly how it should be. And they're like, because here's the thing: we were heading to Universal Studios that same week to go uh, to Harry Potter Land, and then literally, I was like, "Oh no! If he doesn't, if he doesn't get on board with this, uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, it's gonna be so sad." So yeah, no. So I have to disagree with you on that, where it says, "Oh hey, it's supposed to be for the new, for the new, uh, for the new generation." It's like even the new generation doesn't even like it. <laughs> No, oh, but I'm not, I'm saying it's that seems what their aim is. Like oh, it's yeah. not this oh, yeah. like yeah. you know. Yeah, it's I mean they're not successful with it. But I feel like that's what they're trying to do. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm simply saying it's just not working and I'm you know, I fully agree with you on that, Nancy. They're trying. Yeah, I mean, with the Fantastic Beast movie, it's like the first one, like it was fun in its own way and it didn't it wasn't anywhere near um like the Harry Potter franchise at all. Um and the second movie I actually hated. I hated 
uh, Crimes of Grindelwald. I thought I was so bored watching it. I thought it was just like just not a good movie at all. It didn't really have any sort of entertainment value like the first one did. The really the one glimmer in it, and it's sad to say now, is I really like Johnny Depp as Grindelwald. I actually thought that he added like a cool air of mystery to the character, and I liked how kind of like charismatically unpredictable he was as the character and i love mads mickelson don't get me wrong i love the guy and i think if you're gonna replace that you know that character he's pretty much at the top of the list but i'm not getting the same kind of vibe from him and it's kind of feels like a replacement and i i just every time i watch this trailer i've watched it a couple times now where like he's there and like he's giving it his best but like i also don't feel like i'm getting the same vibe that Depp gave me and it's a little bit underwhelming and then the trailer overall like i think it looks better than the previous two movies i think it looks like it's trying to capture a little bit more of that magic a little bit more of that fun and seeing jude law more as dumbledore i love because i think he's a great casting choice as a young dumbledore and he's got charisma to spare and i'm hoping that this will be a little bit more epic a little bit more fun we'll get into the magic a little bit more i'm just hoping that it's more fun than the previous movie because the previous one was so dark and dour where like it just didn't have any sort of fun with itself and i just didn't really want a sequel to it so we'll see what happens with this movie but um yeah that's pretty much all i have to say about that (laughs) <laughs> I mean, going back to Khan's point, too, at the end of the trailer where he's like, 10 points to Hufflepuff yeah. or whatever. I was like, oh, God, you guys are like really You're trying to reference, right? Like, you get it. You get it, right? I, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's hardcore it's baiting bad. us. And like, and like, honestly, I'm trying to remember anything about those previous two movies. And all I remember from the second one was I saw Mark Ellis and Christian Harloff in the in the freaking lobby for the last film. And that's all I remember. I remember. And they didn't look happy either. Yeah. uh, Goodness. Yeah, it's it's just there. (laughs) It's rough. But look, as I as I prepare us for our next discussion, Nancy, go get your charger. You know, you you need to I saw it in the chat, but look, I'll introduce the segment. Hopefully by the time I'm like done rambling my stupid mouth, you'll be back with your charger. So go to go yeah. do what you got to do. So right as she so as she goes and gets her charger, we're going to move on to our big discussion of the week. The the movie that we're going to be talking about, you know, a movie that we've all been anticipating for months, even years now, a movie that has been gaining and gaining and gaining so much anticipation, so much hype, especially with like, you know, really, you know, heavily positive early reviews um, and also some really um, positive screenings that have come out as the movie has even been released. Um, We've all seen the Batman. We have all seen this new Batman film from director Matt Reeves starring Robert Pattinson as the caped crusader. I'm sure we have plenty to talk about with this one. So before we jump into spoilers, and of course we will give you a warning before we jump into the spoiler territory, we're going to give our general thoughts about the movie, and then we're going to do a little deep dive into the movie itself and talk about what we really enjoyed more specifically. But let's start with Jeffrey. What did you think of the Batman? Um, I really, really liked it. Um, as with most good movies I see in the theater, I probably do need to go back and see it again. I've only seen it the one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and preferably with subtitles, because I do like watching all my movies with subtitles, just so I can you know, catch all of the, the pieces of dialogue that I might have missed. Because um, this movie is very dense. So yeah, I would need to see it again. But yeah, I love how it delves into the detective side of Batman a lot more than maybe mm-hmm. previous iterations. And I really enjoyed that. Um, and then the entire cast, um, all gave great performances, uh, especially Paul Dano, uh, Jeffrey Wright. I loved John Turturro. So I think it's a, it's a very, very solid Batman movie that I hope to see more of. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm happy to hear that positive review. All right, Nancy, what would you think of the Batman now that you're fully charged over there, ready to go? <laughs> 
Yeah, guys, I actually really liked it. I liked Wait, it more than I thought. Did you not look forward to it? No, I did, but I thought I wasn't going to like it as much oh, as I oh, ended up okay, liking okay. it. I was surprised with how much I liked it. Like, even from the first opening scene, I was like, oh, okay, this is different. Because I feel like a lot of Batman movies just start off with a lot of, like, action or just jumping right into it. Right. Um, whereas this, it was like, a little bit of a slower burn and I just love even the music was different than what you would think a Batman movie would open with and I really love that um, I love that they towed the line very well between like noir new Batman and like old campy Batman there were a little reminiscence of like the old 60s Batman that was campy but I actually really loved I will say there were some times where it cross the line a little bit in terms of campiness for me um but there are scenes where i was thinking you know one half of my brain i was like oh that's silly like that doesn't that sounds weird and then the other half of my brain was like you know what i also don't care it looks nice and it sounds nice and i'm enjoying it so right. who really cares um so yeah overall I, I really really liked it awesome all right andres what'd you think of the batman uh, if there was a checklist of everything I wanted to see in a Batman movie, Matt Reeves not only checked every single aspect, but he doubled down so many times in this movie. I mean, what if... Uh, here's the thing. For years, I've been asking for a Batman movie that is strictly a detective film all the way through and through. This is exactly what that is. This is a movie about a guy who's solving clues and solving riddles and trying to find the Riddler who is his mental superior in every aspect. But, man, just, I absolutely came out of this movie and I absolutely really, really, really loved it for a whole multitude of reasons. I mean, even the stuff I questioned... Like, like I'm like, John Turturro as Carmine Falcone, you're out of your mind. He's not Carmine Falcone. He freaking nailed Falcone. Like, every single character in this movie, every single actor, doesn't seem like... Like, even I had some questions about Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. For, the only reason is because every single thing that he's done previously didn't necessarily lend itself to a Gordon. I was like, okay, he's a great actor, but I don't necessarily buy him as Gordon given all the other roles. He was fantastic in the movie. He was great. And also, not to bury the lead as well, too, Pattinson, hands down, he's like my favorite iteration of Batman that we've ever gotten. Finally! We are able to hear what Batman is freaking saying after over 20 years of everybody just going, preach, preach. And then also yeah. on top of that, what the hell did they do with Ben Affleck where he, they gave him the voice hey, modulator? Keaton did a pretty good job of being able to understand what he was saying. Just saying. I, I know, but what I'm saying is, I, I know, but what I'm saying is 20 years, we had to get there. We had to get there over so long. <laughs> but hmm. yeah, I mean, but but just but just everything about this movie is firing on all cylinders for me. Even the stuff that is a flaw. Like the movie is long. It is very long. But I think the movie earns the runtime and that first time I saw it, it breezed by so fast. And then having seen it a second time, I actually really enjoyed the movie even more. And it's I, I, honestly it's 
It's probably one of my favorite Batman movies. It might or might not be, depending on where we go a little later on in the episode, but it's definitely worth anybody's time, and it's definitely unlike any Batman movie that has ever been done previously, and it's it's just it's just great. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it so much. Go, go. Got it. So Andres hated it, so forward. Right. <laughs> <laughs> really bad review. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, that was honestly a really short, succinct, kind of lackluster review, and I'm honestly disappointed in you. I expected more, considering how excited you were for this movie. But that might just be me. But um, honestly, just to jump us into spoiler territory, the, the one thing I'm just going to say, and this look, this is this is the hot take. This is get get ready your pitchforks here, people. For me, I've seen the movie twice now. I saw it for the second time today. Brought my dad. He hadn't seen it yet. I want to get his. And fan really loves the dark, gritty Frank Miller esque Batman, so I knew he'd like it. And we walked away, and this is what he thought of it. And then I kind of agreed after the second viewing. I think that this is just straight up the best Batman movie we've ever gotten. Just full stop. I think on all cylinders, this thing just works. I think the performances, the visuals, the direction, the music. The, the storytelling, just everything just works. And the one gripe I had at the first go around was really just the length. But the second time around, I didn't feel it. The second time around, I really didn't feel that last third, mainly because I didn't have to pee. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> the first time around, I, I saw the movie like right after work and I had to pee. So that's not that's really not like, like your like the, kidneys. The yeah. So I was I was already <laughs> tired. A and then B, I really had to pee. So, yeah, a three hour movie, not going to lend well. But this time around, like by the time it got to the end, I was fine. And honestly, I think it breezed by even more this time around. I noticed more things, little Easter eggs and just little visual and storytelling things. I didn't notice, you know, as well the first time that were just like little treats for me and even just like the opening like 10 minutes of this movie i still think it's like the some of the best oh. batman things we've gotten just full stop just in terms of the score the visuals the iteration of batman i mean i can't even say enough good things about this movie but I, we're gonna be jumping into spoilers now because why the fuck not um so if you haven't seen the batman obviously do not listen to the rest of this until you have so we're gonna be jumping into some heavy spoiler territory you have been warned no, Jeffrey, let's start with you. We're going to jump into spoiler terror. Tell us some of the things you loved, maybe some of the things you didn't. Talk specifics, go crazy, do what you want. All right. I think the number one thing I loved from this movie is the way Matt Reeves stages an introduction of, mm. a, of either a character or an object. That first shot of Riddler, what you're mentioning in the first 10 minutes. Of incredible. That, yes. Incredible. Chills. That's when I knew the movie was going to be incredible. That's, just that's, from that's, that like, shot. that's the first introduction he nails. He then nails the first yeah. introduction of Pattinson when he beats up all those guys oh, at the, oh, the subway station. Oh, my yeah. God. He nails oh the introduction of the Batmobile. He nails the introduction of the Batmobile. He nails the introduction of uh, Batman a second time when he falls through the skylight to beat up all of the guys at Gotham Square Garden. Amazing. Yeah. yeah it's a funny name. Um, um, and yeah, I think it's just Matt Reeves just I think he just gets big studio blockbuster filmmaking. Yeah, so he's I just think good with it. He's just What's really good. What's funny is, yeah. um, me and Con were talking about this the other night. So like, I was very tired going into this movie. So I was like, <laughs> oh no, which See? was uh, yeah, it's awful. You shouldn't go. It's not the way to do it. It's not the way to do it. So the first like half hour, I'm like trying to like okay focus, stay awake. I'm like you know. 
So when um, the mayor is in his house, I'm kind of like looking around like, okay, trying to get myself to stay away. <laughs> and then out of the corner of my eye, my periphs is when I see the Riddler pop up in the background. I literally <laughs> like jump because I was like, oh, fuck. Because I was not <laughs> expecting him to be there at all. So great. I was feel like it added to my experience of being tired because I was not seeing it coming. But it was, I was like, oh, perfect. We're going to get a murdery Riddler. And that's what I oh, want. Straight. I don't want just this cackling yeah. fool who's like giving riddles. I want him to actually be a villain. Yeah, and I my, think that my theater like, like visibly gasped, like not oh, yeah. like, audibly no, gasped I've, when I've, that I've, happened. Like, I've, literally, like you see his glasses, and everyone's like, <gasps> yes. And I, yeah. I love again that he, they made him an actual villain. We're like, yeah, he brutally yeah. murders someone yeah, in the dude. first yeah. part of the movie, which I absolutely love. Also, again, I don't know if I was tired. But the first shot where it was like the little ninja, I was like, why is this guy going to murder him like right in front of a window? And I was like, and why does that ninja look like a child? Like, this is weird. And I was like, oh, it is. It is a child. OK, I'm tired. Never mind. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> it's Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah, I mean, like, um, was there anything that really like, stood out for you? Like like when you were watching a Nancy, like something or like, wow, this is something else. Like this is something I'm absolutely going to remember from this one. Um, I think honestly, it sounds such a, it's, it's such a small part in the movie, but uh -huh. when he is walking through the crime scene and commissioner Gordon is like, no, he's fine. Let him in. Pattinson had this like almost meek personality about it. And almost like knowing like, hey guys, I'm not supposed to be here, but like, I want to be here. It's okay. Mm -hmm. um, was such a different take for the Batman character that I really, really loved. I liked the fact that it almost felt like he was finding his own in terms of being Batman and where he stood with like working with the cops and all of this. And to me, that was the starting point where I was like, oh, we're getting a very different Batman movie. And I absolutely fucking love it it's mm -hmm. fucking fantastic and i think they really set up the movie in terms of in the beginning when he's talking where he says you know i basically i can't be everywhere at once there's so much crime going on i'm doing my best and i think that sets up the premise for the full movie and especially when you, once you get to the end of the movie it kind of hits home in that aspect so i i really liked again just a little more meekness of this Batman and maybe it'll progress into this more, I don't know, suave Bruce, you know, Bruce Wayne later on or whatever you want right, to call right, it right. or this more confident Batman. But I'm perfectly fine with the way he did it in this movie. Yeah. I mean, Andre, so like you're you're the same boat as I am. We love the detective kind of Batman. We like that film noir style detective story that Batman, you know, has been featured in, in so many of the comics. And I think there was a line in this movie where, I mean, it was very film noir up until this point, but it was like this exchange of dialogue that I was like, oh, like the film noir and Batman fan in me was just like, oh, mwah, chef's kiss. Literally, it was literally they're like on the rooftop or like the place where the bat signal is. And he's like, oh, this is a powder keg. And then he's like, and the riddle was the match. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, let's but, go. Film but, noir, but, Batman. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> but that's the thing that leads to this movie entirely is that I argue. Yeah. yeah, that this movie is written in a way where it reminded me more of a Humphrey Bogart movie. Like literally, you take out yeah, Batman, it feels like and you a, put from the war, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, and like you put Humphrey Bogart in it from the '30s, and it feels very tonally, tonally exactly what it, what it should be. It's only up until mm-hmm. you get to the third act that it truly does feel like okay, this can only be a Batman movie type of thing. But all the pieces that they laid out in front of you throughout the first two acts of the movie is perfect. It's perfect in so many ways in terms of building, in terms of building up the mystery as well too. Like you almost feel like there's a snowball effect going on with everything. Like everything's leading to somewhere. And watching it that first time, I kind of went, "Oh man, all right, this might be a little messy, but you know what? I'm willing to stick along with it." And then by the time you get to the ending, it leads up to a finale that not only floors you as an audience member where you're just like oh that's where it was all leading to oh man that's actually a great twist i mean because we're in spoiler territory right now i mean just the whole reveal of the final confrontation between batman and the riddler in the prison cell and then he's just sitting there oh yeah. oh, oh my god oh I, how, how could i forget when he when um when riddler gets captured and he sees batman and he gives that very unsettling smile you could like my theater both times i've been there like you could feel like an audible gasp of people just like Oh, God, that's not right. I don't want him smiling at us. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is a perfect time to gush over Paul Dano because. Oh, oh my God. Acting God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, oh, my, oh my gosh, God. So good. That's like, all right, see you in my nightmares tonight. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing what I love about villains like that well maybe not what i love but what i think is a really good thing to do when you're a really good actor in in those situations he made me feel bad for him for a second and the sense of like i always feel really bad for characters who are unaware of themselves and he was very unaware of not necessarily what he was doing but his like role in with batman because you could see him starting to like panic of like no no we were supposed to be friends, Batman, and you were going to help me take down all these bad people, and we were going to murder all of them, right? And Batman's like, no, that's not what I do. And so just, just like this switch of like very um, psychotic to very like unaware of what he is doing was, I think, a perfect balance for the Riddler. And that's what I, again, that's what I wanted to see. I didn't want to just see the hokey riddle part of it i wanted to see the like mental aspect of it and the like murdery side of the riddler and i also i love riddles and i'm very yes. proud of myself because i got that first riddle that he put in the card yeah. i was so excited i was like Fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> and see, the still. thing i love the thing the thing i love what matt reeves did with the riddler is that not only did he you know take a character that's been mostly a joke for so long and ground him and make him actually terrifying and like you know, sadistic in a way that's like absolutely compelling. Like the best way I would describe him is like he's a, this hybrid of, I would say, like Jigsaw from Saw, Heath Ledger's Joker, and he's like a little bit of the Zodiac Killer. So it's like it's like this like oh, yeah. th- three pronged performance that I feel like works so so well. And I was like, like Nancy said, like you feel bad for him a little bit because I f- he feels like so disassociated from what he's doing, and he almost acts like he's a victim, and he almost seems like almost this shy, timid child who's like extremely intelligent and thinks he's in the right. And like in a way, like you do feel bad for him, and I love that. But what I really love about Reeves is that not only is he able to do that, but he's able to kind of make him 
like he nails his sense of humor in a way that's really great you know like especially early on like he doesn't use a ton of humor in the movie which i enjoyed but when he does i actually enjoyed it like you i like you're alluding to andres like the whole thumb drive thing i thought that worked yeah, perfectly yeah you know yeah you know even like with gordon was like oh this guy's hilarious you know like where it's like oh this is great yeah that happened i was like oh this motherfucker you think you're so yeah. funny like but i loved well, like, it the whole you oh, yeah. thing i was like oh i love it i love it so but, great but, but that but that's also what's so perfect about batman is that he does not see the humor in that whatsoever he's like Thumb He's drive, like, thumb drive, and then and, and, like, 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 and, and then like Gordon's like, oh, that's sick, and then and then like every like you could tell the audience was on board with that, but the funniest thing was how dead serious Batman was in that point, and that's exactly what that character is. He is a completely humorless dick, for lack of a better word. He's also a dick to Alfred. He's a dick to all the people that are all around him, and that's what I really love about the arc of Batman slash Bruce Wayne in this is that when it comes to that point where he almost loses Alfred, that amazing scene in the hospital where he goes, I never felt that fear again, the fear that I was going to lose someone I loved. And oh, it's such a perfect cap to his character. And also, on top, I mean, we've been talking about like all these actors and actresses. I mean, we haven't yeah. even gone into Zoe Kravitz as, as Selena Kyle. Perfect. We haven't Perfect. gone into Alfred as, I mean, freaking Andy Serkis as Alfred. I mean, I for a character that, that we are supposed to take at face value that they have a deep connection with, I love the fact that we start off this movie and they have a very strained relationship, to say the least. Like, I mean, freaking Bruce Wayne is just sitting there going, you're not my father, Alfred. Don't act like it well aware and you're like oh god these two really yeah. don't like oh. me. i was yeah. like what are you could be a little bratty teenager get out of here <laughs> you're not my but dad see, but see that's the great part about when you're focusing on batman year two into his you know reign as batman where like he absolutely has not formed the whole bruce wayne persona he's still hurting he's still in this extremely dark place where you know that's the reason why the majority of this movie i think is him as batman because that's who he really sees himself as and he hasn't realized okay maybe i need to tap into this other persona and go in public more and kind of create like that whole image and he thinks that carrying on his family's legacy is through batman and he doesn't think of anything else he's obsessed with it and he doesn't care about anyone else so even people who actually care about him like alfred so the fact that they're showing this like i hate that people are calling it emo batman it's like how about you lose your parents and think how you're gonna act you know like what i mean like like how like, i mean it's it a me? little bit of an emo batman but i like it i, I think it's, it's great it's great but, but, but here's the thing batman's always been freaking emo all right guys that's why I, we all love him like a it, i mean a little bit yeah, more on this one yeah, but yeah, i, I like it so fucking bad <laughs> need i say more yes exactly also i would like i it's such a small detail, but I absolutely love that we finally address that he has to put fucking makeup on his eyes yes, yes, to make yes. the mask look appropriate. Like, come on, let's not pretend that Batman is not sitting there doing a little makeup before he goes out to fight crime. I appreciated yep. that. It, plus, it's great. plus also just, just the preparation scene in the very beginning of the movie where he's in the train car and all he can see is the red light that's on him and he's getting ready to like go out and like, here's the thing. Whenever people think about that, where it's like, oh, you know what? He's putting on makeup. No, that's not makeup. That's war paint, guys. There's a difference. He's about to go fuck some shit up. All right. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. And, and you know what the cool thing yeah. I have to say, like, I mean, I, like Andre said, and I'm sure we all, I mean, we all really liked Robert Pattinson as Batman. I know Andre said he really liked him. You guys enjoyed him as Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. The thing I really loved about his Batman, not only probably the most physically intimidating Batman that we've gotten yet, but I really loved what Robert Pattinson did with his eyes. And oh, yeah. I feel like no has been able to express so much just through the eyes through the cowl, you know, than he does here. I mean, there's so many scenes where, like, especially like the, you know, the prime example, I would say, is that when he's talking to the Riddler when he's in prison and the Riddler is just talking about Bruce Wayne and you see this moment of panic, but, but like beneath his cowl where he's just like, oh, shit, does he know who I am? Like, is this like the end of me? And then you, yeah, you know, and even looks at Riddler, the camera, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, and, then, and then the Riddler is yeah. like, you know, we almost got him. We almost got Bruce Wayne. And then you see almost that moment of relief in his eyes. I'm like, I've never felt that way with Batman before where I was able to kind of read him so well and that I was able to get that. And I really got to give Pattinson credit because it's hard to act with the mask like that on and do it so well, but I thought he crushed it. I mean, I mean, even, even without the mask, like even in the scene oh, uh, over at the funeral, that funeral like, scene? When, he's, oh my when, God, when he's locked that into that kid, because he knows that kid has <sighs> gone through the yeah. same trauma that he's gone through. And you almost sort of feel that, Pattinson in that moment, like everything that's going around him right now is just, oh my God, is this kid going to go down the same road that I did? Or is he going to be as messed up? Or is he going to come back from it in some way, shape or form? And I love the fact that the only way he could tell that, that, that he gets some relief out of it is at the very end when he rescues all those people in Gotham, in Gotham Square. And then the first kid to take his hand, the first thing to take his hand is the kid. And it's freaking awesome. But anyway, but going back to Pattinson's performance in that, my favorite beat that Pattinson has had as Batman so far is when he's inspecting the murder scene and he sees that there's the kid's footprint right there. And then Gordon looks at him and goes, yeah, the kid found his father dead. And then literally he just locks eyes on this kid for like an extended, yeah, extended beat. But in that moment, he communicates so much and it's perfectly it's punctuated good. with something in the way by Nirvana. Oh, my God. I usually don't like na- nail drop, nail drops in any movie. Whatsoever. <laughs> nail drops. He hates this nail one, drops. it worked. <laughs> oh, yeah. No nail drops whatsoever. <laughs> no nail drops. I think I saw other places talk about how like this Batman doesn't talk as much as the other ones. And I think but it's that's good. almost it's, good. it's almost more impressive that Pattinson yeah. gives such a good performance without talking. Because I think anyone can like deliver a good performance when you have so much dialogue to deliver. And I think him using the quiet moments uh, to the most effectiveness is like it's amazing. So that's just Absolutely. His ability. And like what Andres was I think the whole um, dynamic between Batman and Gordon was the best I've ever seen in terms of I loved the way they bounced off of one another, mm-hmm. the way they were really more partners than just one like saying, hey, do this, do that, be here, do this. It was like really they were really feeding off of each other. I love that Gordon kept calling him man. Like, like I don't even know who you <laughs> are, man. Like, like, I love that. And I just felt like they really trusted each other. They really felt like friends, like that whole scene in the police station, which that is a, yes. uh, a I, I really hate the fact that they released that clip because it was so out of context that people were like why the fuck did batman just punch gordon but in context it makes so much sense of like why it happens and kind of like the camaraderie of their friendship where that whole scene where they're basically like faking this confrontation and i was wondering because i was watching the clip i'm like is this how jeffrey wright's gonna be the entire time where he's like doing this whole thing where he's like are you saying that he's involved in this i'm like jeffrey Wright, what are you doing dude but then i was yeah. like oh no he's just acting to make it seem like he's like really getting into you his face you know what it reminded shit. me of i, I don't know I why it. it reminded 
reminded me of the other guys when they're at the funeral and they're yeah. fight whispering <laughs> to <laughs> each other. Yeah, oh like that's one of the funniest scenes. What the fuck are you guys doing right now? You're fucking right now. It's a computer. For me, it was a that was that was definitely one of the scenes where it would like was towing the line a little bit for me oh, of going so backwards but because I like was thinking of that. I think I was still gotcha. impressed with like it made sense why they were doing it, but just like taking a step back and watching it, it was like, okay, this, this is a little funny. It's a little silly, but I still yeah. like it. Yeah, but, I mean, but I, also, yeah. But that scene, that scene has probably my favorite line in the movie is where he goes, um, who's the mustache with the broken nose? That's Kinsey. So yeah. wait, you're telling me, so you're telling me that Kinsey is, he moonlights as a, he moonlights for the penguin? I'm saying he moonlights as a cop. I'm like, yeah! yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that! Yeah, so good. So freaking god <laughs> i'll go all day but uh i mean i don't even think we've touched on michael giacchino's score dear god in heaven i okay, mean but but it's ridiculous there's a reason why this Every, keeps getting hired i think yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really good but i will say whenever uh batman's like theme started i love his theme though. i can't help but think of uh what is it? The Imperial March, I think it is. Like, dun, yeah, it's got dun, a Star Wars dun, vibe dun, to it. Dun, 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 the first two notes are definitely like makes me go into that. Yeah, However, that, yeah, it leans into his like, um, what's the word? Intimidation factor, which I yes. love. Yeah, yes, it definitely leans into the, like that darker side of um, Batman. I think that helps um, with all of that. But also, that was one, of, and maybe I imagined it. But one of the things, again, where I was like, oh, this is silly, but also I still like it. Um, when the penguin gets into the car accident, his car rolls, and then Batman is coming out slowly with all the oh. like explosions behind him, and he's yeah. walking. I swear to God, I heard like spurs on his bat boots. And I was like, why are we getting spur sounds like from Batman? Yeah. That makes no fucking sense. But I was like, but... It's fucking cool still, and I like it. Yeah, maybe it was awesome. the sound of rain on the metal of his. Business. Yeah, yeah, it might. Maybe, have been. I don't know. If, if if you go and rewatch the movie, please tell me if I'm imagining it <laughs> or if you hear spur sounds as well, because it makes no fucking sense. But I still love it. See, see, see here's the thing. If I was the, if I was the name a minor gripe with the movie, it is the it is the ending to that scene because everything about that was working so well, and then. When it gets to the final moment in that scene where he's walking, the one thing that sort of didn't work for me was this moment. Oh, we're getting a visual aid. Oh, I, oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> where, I found where, a lot where of memes in that moment <laughs> where he leans oh. into the, the oh, window. Yeah. I don't know. I loved it. It gave me chills. No, I love that's that. kind of hilarious to me. I don't know why. Minor gripe. I mean, like, everything I thought it was hilarious when his little bat shoot hit the the uh bridge because you see batman be so cool and noir it's like this whole movie and all of a sudden he's like bam and he just goes rolling down the street (laughs) (laughs) that was awkward guys and just like walks away 
I love the fact yeah. that this movie explores that he hasn't used certain gadgets mm -hmm. for the first time yet. So when yeah. he's like running away from the police, which by the way, I love the fact that he has such a contentious relationship with the police. Like mm -hmm. when he wakes up in the police station, there's that huge like kind of like brawl and everything. I'm like, oh my God, where has this been in Batman movies? Like I was like given chills. But when he jumps off that building and you can even say, he's like, fuck, fuck. You know, like he's like, I don't want to fucking do it. He's like, all right, well, hopefully, hopefully this works. And then he eats shit. I, I loved it because I was like, you know what? He didn't know if it was going to work and then he's like invisible pain he's like well there's some kinks to be worked out I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna walk out of here i was like this is great see i love seeing early batman it's like it's so different it's just a different facet of the character that i really loved and just that whole chase sequence with the penguin i mean we haven't even touched on that that i think oh, is the yeah. best batmobile sequence period in my opinion honestly though to me it was a little bit uh not underwhelming, but like when they show the the first show the bat car, I was like, oh, this is fucking beautiful it looks amazing. But then when it kind of just goes and then stops, and then they have everyone else go, I was like, okay, I would have preferred of just like let me see the bat car, let's go right into a chase. And it, because the lighting was so dark, like you didn't really get to see it. But I was like. This oh, I thought that was him just like teasing him, like, oh, oh yeah. like, what's like, why don't you try me? That's what I saw it as. Yeah. No, so I, don't know. I would have preferred like a big entrance to the Batmobile, but also I was like, I don't know. It it's such a different car for Batman. <laughs> like, look at you, Fast and Furious Batman with your. Oh, I love, it. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, but like the thing is with the Batmobile in particular, like it sort of feels like a like a great, like little it's it's sort of a cross between the muscle car, but also adding in elements from the Batman animated series Batmobile as well, too. It feels very streamlined. And then when you see that thing in action, like that thing is a freaking beast. That thing is a beast of a Batmobile. Like literally, like literally the first the first like right after right after he jumps the uh, the freaking the freaking uh, fireball and he lands the first thing it does it literally just taps the penguin's car and it goes flying up in the air like <laughs> we've never seen a batmobile that we've bought as like oh not only is it stylish but it's also very utilitarian as well too and i don't know that it, it worked so unbelievably well for me all the way through so, yeah, and even that moment that you're talking about, Nancy, where, where like, you know, he sort of, like, the car sort of just, like, goes forward a little bit. I just kind of took that as, like, this, as, like, Batman going, like, yeah, Penguin, this is your moment to run now. Start yeah, running. Yeah. That's what I saw. <laughs> <was>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think a lot I do of people, love one thing. Oh, go ahead, Clark. I think, um, I think uh, uh, a lot of people were talking about how, like, this movie is very dark, not only in tone, but, like, just a lot of times you can't see anything. But I think one thing Matt Reeves did well was that during the, like, the actual dark moments where it's hard to see, he uses, like, explosions and, like, the, the scene with the flare to, like, add some color so that you oh, can yeah. actually tell oh, yeah. what's going on. So especially during the car chase, I felt like you were still able to follow everything that was going on, even if it was quite literally dark. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, well, and oh, yeah. the yeah. one thing I love the about, I love about the one thing I love one, about Matt Reeves' whole his whole um his whole direction or his whole coordination of the site of the scene as well too is that anytime you see anytime you see the Batmobile from the penguin's perspective, it's always from a rear view mirror yeah. type of thing where you see that. the car yeah. coming where you see yeah. the car coming from from behind, but anytime it's looking from Batman's perspective, 
it's, it's always forward. from it's always forward and it's always it always just feels like this thing is a monster coming after Cobblepot. And Cobblepot, all the only thing he can do is he can just run and he can just throw other cars in front of him. And like there's even that moment where he throws the gas car and then all of a sudden you just see all these flames. And it's not overly it's not overly cut as well, too. Or it's or it doesn't feel odd. It feels like the, it feels like Matt Reeves is going the extra mile for subjectivity in order to put us in the perspective of all the characters that are in this. So it's it's such a well choreographed scene and oh my God, so, 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 so good. So, so. <laughs> and I wanna go back to the suit really quick. Cause one thing I was really impressed with was that the symbol on his suit was actually oh, love that. that he could mm -hmm. pop it out and use it as a knife and then just like yeah. click it back in. I was like, fuck yeah. We get a really like functional suit. I like it. I like a suit that is yeah. actually going to be like has a purpose rather than just style. So I I really mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, and I love how they didn't draw attention to that moment. So he like cuts to the crime scene, then he like casually puts it back on his chest, and everyone was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like they didn't yeah. like draw attention. To it. I was like, "Good for them." I was like, "Cause that." I think I mean, there wasn't there like a theory going around for a while that someone said he took the pieces of the gun that killed his parents and they made it into his bat symbol or something like that. I yeah, remember that I mean, was like a big rumor for a while. I mean, I mean, but here's the thing is that, I mean, the thing still looks like a gun. It still has the handles and all the other stuff. So maybe it still is. But the thing is, it's not important to the plot, but yeah, it's just a nice little touch. But also the other thing that that. Um, the other thing that's revealed in the um, in the prequel novel, because I'm that big of a dork that I read the prequel novel of this, is um, is the Batmobile is actually not only is it a muscle car, but it's also his dad's favorite car, and it was the car that his dad took on the night that he got shot. So not only does he oh. use it, not only does he use the the gun that killed his parents, but he also uses the car that was his father's in order to go out and freaking dull crime. I'm like. Oh man, it's never going to be in the movie, but it's just a nice thing to have in the back of your head. <laughs> I do love that. Yeah. I mean, I, the question I want to ask everyone because we we've, we've talked a lot about the movie, talked a lot about the performance and some scenes we loved. I want to pinpoint what's your favorite scene in the movie because there's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of ones that stand out. Rack your brains. I want I want to know like gut instinct. What's the best scene that you have in the movie, Jeffrey? Let's start, Jeffrey, with, let's you. start with you. Favorite scene. Um, let's see. I mean, it probably is because it's still the one that sticks in my mind, the opening with inside the mayor's house with Riddler. I think that's just, okay. it's the perfect introduction of the villain of the film. Uh, mm -hmm. It's its like the, the when you see the tint of Paul Dano's glasses, that's, that's just perfect. And I think it's a great way to, to tell everyone, especially when it's like, we, look, we're not messing around. Like this is, this is for real. So I think that might be love mine. It. That's a solid choice. I love that. Nancy, how about you? Honestly, any scene with a Riddler. I just cannot <laughs> give more praise to Paul Dano. So you would swipe enough. right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Paul Dano, the Riddler. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, look, super into so, puzzles. I'm a Pisces. <laughs> so, 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 you, so you would be on the Riddler's Patreon, right? Exactly. Oh, uh, thank 100%. you so much for all the tips Here's on detonators. Today. Yeah, I, know, I love that. I love that. He's like, thank you for all the comments. Thank you for all the tips on detonators. Yes! Hi guys. <laughs> still very 21st century. I was yeah. like, I oh my that. gosh, yeah. this is like so. This is too real right now. What is happening? Yeah, <laughs> and he noticed his voice. Media. 
switches when he's in uh, when he's just doing his videos for that his voice definitely switches between when he's doing them for batman and those little touches i absolutely love like i just love the riddler as a character and again i just love so much what they did with this and this one it's it's so good and all the riddles that he did i was like fuck yeah we're bringing it back to the campy 60s where they have these crazy riddles that don't even mean anything really and i love that um, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Spanish oh, oh, yeah. stuff. Oh, I totally God. forgot about that scene with uh, oh, yeah. Lynn. Am, like, am I the only one who knows the difference between L and Juan L? I'm so excited I for love, Colin Farrell as Penguin. I love him. Yes. Oh. oh, I love. I love that part when he was just like idiots. Like you don't speak basic Spanish. Yeah. See, that was the perfect bit of comic relief where like mm-hmm. it wasn't too much. It was just enough, and it makes me super excited for his like spin-off show because I think he's gonna crush it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh goodness, yeah. It's it's gonna but, be all right. Crazy. So you love We're the Riddler? I love it. Yeah, anything I mean, like, Riddler, I love it. Riddler's great. Um, and Andre, your favorite scene? You know, there's quite a few of them, but I will say the one that sticks off right off the top of my head, it really kind of goes back to that scene between Alfred and Bruce in the hospital Mm. where he just, he just, Andy Serkis just unleashes a performance that's so great where he's like, 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 he's like, if, if you don't think I've asked myself the question of who murdered your parents um, every day for the past 20 years, like you just feel so much empathy and so much pathos to that character right there. And then just also the, the, the moment where he tell like where he tells Bruce about how guilty he feels about letting him go on this crusade. And he's like, you were a boy, you blamed yourself and it wasn't your fault. It's like, Oh my God, Andy Serkis, you are getting there to the top of my favorite Alfreds just by this one scene. And he's, yeah, and he's not in the movie all that time. much. Yeah, like the, I don't know. For some reason, the second time it hit even harder. Like I was tearing up more the second time. I don't know about you, but like it hit even harder. I honestly just wish we had more time with. Andy I know. I wanted more of them. Yeah. I really wanted. I, was like, oh, man. I, I thought they were going to. I'm not even kidding. I thought. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought they were going to kill him off. Super pissed. Same. I was going to be pissed. pissed. Yeah. I was like, we just got <laughs> new Alfred. Now he's dead. Like, kill him off right away. But I love how they leaned more into his like service roots, where like he's not like the kind of Alfred like in the Nolan trilogy or even in like the campy Schumacher movies. Like he looks like he knows like what like with the cipher stuff, and then he sees that like the package of bomb, and he just like throws it away because it's like instincts kick in and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I love the fact that they showed that kind of version of him, that he's more like resilient and helpful in that regard he's not just like a servant mm-hmm. so and and then capitalizing that with the scene with him and bruce which was if like when people say oh this movie doesn't give you any sort of emotional core for bruce i'm like bullshit watch that scene and tell me that you don't feel for either of them and i'll call you a liar so oh yeah no absolutely but i mean i know we talked about that scene already but the other scene that is like neck and neck for me is also the um the final confrontation between Riddler and Batman as well, where Riddler is just going, you know what? You inspired me. You showed me that all you need is a mask and some will and a little bit of violence and you get mm-hmm. and you get what you want. And yeah. and you just also feel in that moment that more than any other Batman movie. Batman feels like, holy crap, I've inspired the wrong people. I've actually instilled fear on the people that I want to inspire. And I've actually 
push the villains to go even further. Like, it really kind of goes back to that one moment in um, The Dark Knight where... Uh, Sorry, in Batman Begins, where Gordon's just going, what about escalation? We we start buying uh, automatics. We, we start buying semi-automatics. They buy automatics. We start wearing Kevlar. They buy armor-piercing rounds. We've never seen the escalation perfectly executed as we've seen it in this film in particular. And just the moment where... where and leading up to the moment where... Um, they take down one of the Riddler's goons at the very end and they unmask him. And then he goes, who are you? And he goes, I'm vengeance. And you're like, more than any other Batman movie, you just feel like, man, Batman has been gutted in that point. So yeah, all those scenes, yeah, are, all those yeah. scenes are fantastic. And I don't know if that's maybe one of the qualms I had with the movie, like thinking about it afterwards, I was like, wait a minute. Batman didn't really do anything in this movie because everything (laughs) he did, he, the Riddler wanted him to do. Like, even when he Mm -hmm. gets Falcone out and they're like, yay, we arrested him. And Riddler's like, thanks, boom, like, I'm going to kill him. And that's exactly what his riddle was referring to and what he wanted the Batman to do. And then at the end, um, what is different from most Batman movie is that he finds out this plot of like oh shit he's gonna blow up the whole town and flood everything and as opposed to being able to stop it it immediately happens as he's figuring it out to the point where i thought is this actually happening i didn't know like it almost seemed like Hmm. it was him thinking about it and this is what could happen as opposed to it's actually happening Mm -hmm. in the moment um so it's, I don't know, it's a weird, like, double side of the coin, because on the one hand, I like that they went a different route, where it's not like Batman saves the day, he figures out this plot, and at the last minute, you know, he saves everyone. Um, but on the other end, again, I kind of think back and like, well, he didn't really do anything in this movie. He, like, <laughs> right. did small things, but the overall picture, he didn't really, like, fix anything. But again, maybe that's the point of him at yeah. the beginning saying, I can't be everywhere, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but 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 that I think makes it a little different because arguably you could say that Batman in this film, he fails. Every single thing he does, he fails in. The the city of Gotham is in a worse place than it's been in in the beginning of the film. The only main difference is that Gotham at the very end for the first time in you could probably tell in years, they are united as a people to better the city alongside this vigilante. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you guys have named pretty much a lot of my favorite scenes. For me, it's like a tie between that opening 15 minutes, which I think is honestly, it might also just be like the best Batman shit I've ever just like seen in my life. It was just like, oh, my God. Like it would I was watching and I was like, wow, this this director understands Batman just like to a degree. Mm that I'm so happy with like the fact that we were able to see all these goons looking in the shadows and looking at the signal, not knowing if Batman's going to show up at any point. And like you feeling that fear that they feel. And then the, the narration coming through that like completely complements that. Well, how Gotham has never looked better on screen. I mean, my God, it's such an immersive atmosphere. Most, the most immersive Batman atmosphere I've ever seen on the big screen. A hundred percent. Like this feels like Gotham city minus the whole Gotham square garden thing, which <laughs> just, it's a little ridiculous. I don't know. It's a little just just call it something else. But yeah. <laughs> but I, I would say it's a toss up between that opening fifteen minutes, which I think is just absolute perfection, and just the way that whole funeral scene is orchestrated is so 
perfectly done. Like just the tension that Matt Reeves is able to sustain throughout the entire thing, like him, you know, his confrontation with Falcone going into the funeral. Then he's in the funeral. He spots the boy and he has that moment of connection with him. Like, I know what it feels like to be in that seat, mourning your family and then feeling that sense of eeriness, like the Riddler could be there and that he feels like he is there. And then hearing these kind of like grotesque groans and yells in the background, like something horrible is about to happen and it's prolonged it doesn't just happen you all of a sudden you just hear these screams and these yells and all of a sudden then the car comes in and it's like this incredible sequence that i think is just so unbelievably well done where you you just feel like with matt reeves in this movie especially he puts so much care and thought into every shot into every frame of the movie where everything feels so meticulous and so well thought out where it doesn't feel like any frame of the movie is wasted in which everything is complementing each other. Everything is building to the next moment. And I feel like in that really feel that kind of technique. I mean, I don't know if that was just me, but that's how I absolutely felt. Yeah. I really like that scene too. And also um, I got to say two points on that one. As soon as someone says there's a bomb around his neck, you should be running. I was like, what the hell are you people doing? Right. You're just standing look, yeah. there. I would have been out that door in a second. But like, a bomb like, possibly? The lady was right. like, someone had to say it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but he's was also that? got the yeah. phone. Yeah. 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 yeah as, no, but the crowd of people who are in the funeral thing who say, like, someone yells, there's a bomb around his neck, you should be running out the door, not waiting for someone to tell yeah. you. Yeah. I, I, I out the door. Oh, oh, no, that, when, that when crowd the, was when, out when the, the door. Yeah, yeah, they were out there, like, when that phone rang and everyone's like, oh, shit. Like, literally, I was like, I got chills. I was like, oh, my God, this that the way part. that whole, that's that, oh, my and God. And also, that part with the bomb. I really thought, well, first of all, there was like a real event that happened in real life that was very similar to that. So that like gave, I was like, oh, this is sitting a little too close to like reality. But uh-huh. I really thought it was going to be like a little like, poof, like, oh, he dies. I wasn't expecting this huge ass explosion from the bomb for some reason. So one, it scared me. And two, I was like, oh, my God, he'd rather blow up. Then give out information. This is crazy. So I, I like yeah. that scene, that sense of he was like, nah, I'm going to die. Sorry. I'm not giving you my secrets. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I thought in my mind, and especially I thought about it the second time, you know, like he he gets out of the car with his hands up, whatever, and the phone's ringing. And I'm thinking to myself, how many times did the Riddler have to dial this number before a Batman like showed no. up in his Batman disguise? I literally was thinking the same thing. Answer the like, man. Because like, a good amount running. of time goes by. Like, it again? goes from like day <laughs> and then tonight, what is like constantly yes. hitting redial? And he's like at the like, you know, the Riddler background. He's like sitting there. He's like, oh God, I'm ready. And All he's right, here we go again. Take a look. You've rehearsed your lines. You're going to nail it. <laughs> just him psyching himself up. Or, you know, yeah, he's just like, look, you're the Riddler. You know Riddle. You're you're above everyone else. <laughs> or or what or what if you guys army to all take turns in terms of dialing? <laughs> you know what? That could be a thing too. That but you know the cool thing. part is is I I read a great story. I don't know if you guys saw it, but um, apparently that scene where the Riddler is on the video call with Batman, you know, with the guy with the bomb around his neck, they did two hundred takes of that scene because Paul Dano wanted to do so many different versions of him, like on the video call where he's you know, doing different things he's like in the center of the frame he's kind of off to the 
to the center. He wanted to do it so many times, and Matt Reeves didn't hate it because he's like, I love that he's like being so spontaneous that he's so passionate about it that he wants to try all these different things that like he loved it and oh yeah i was like oh you know wow, 200 takes of that i was like holy shit you know good for you i know it just makes me love paul dano even more i don't know yeah and well, his yeah, no. and, and apparently, uh, of going yeah. between like um very serious to like laughing mm-hmm. or like being yeah. like psychotic like silly with it I thought it was perfect. Like his cadence of going up and down with it was awesome. I will say there were a few times I was having a little bit difficulty understanding what he was saying, but also at the same time, I was like, I don't care. You're going crazy. Go for it. Now, speaking of the Riddler. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, hold on, Andres. You want to say something, though? Go for it. Oh, oh, oh no, oh, no. I just I just loved his one line where, where uh, after Gil solves the second riddle, and he just goes, don't lose your head, Gil. We got to keep going. And you're like, oh, God. And and apparently that was, like, Dano had said that that was also an ad lib from him as well, too. I was like, oh, that's genius. So Perfect. Love it. <laughs> but uh, speaking of the Riddler, you know, at the end of the movie, he's in Arkham Asylum, and he tends to have a, uh, well, not tends to have, he has a conversation with a certain Arkham prisoner. And, uh, it's heavily alluded to who this Arkham prisoner is going to be. Now, I've seen the movie twice now, and I will say on the second viewing, I definitely had a different feeling towards this little bit of, of a cameo. Now, it was pretty much revealed that, well, not pretty much, the director confirmed it, that Barry Kagan, who a lot of people know from Eternals and a wide variety of other movies, including Christopher Nolan's uh, Dunkirk, uh, was revealed to be the Joker in a other prison cell, and he was uh, talking to the Riddler, building this kind of camaraderie with him, this friendship with him that I'm sure at some point might be revisited in this franchise. So what did we think about this tease of the Joker? Did we like it? Did we not like it? Are we mixed feelings on it? What do we think? Let's start with Nancy. I think I'm honestly a little bit satiated on the Joker at this point. Like we've gotten mm. so many versions of it, and I, I, the thing I liked about this movie is that they brought back Riddler and in a different way that we've seen and it's so it felt so fresh and new and you know awesome to see i just don't think i need a riddler honestly i want to see other characters explored um yeah i think it'll be fine but i'm not i'm not excited for it i'm just like okay that's cool all right well nice very short <laughs> Love it. Okay. Jeffrey, what do you think of it, man? I mean, on one hand, I share Nancy's sentiment that we have gotten a lot of Joker recently. Did we really need another one? But on the other hand, I love Barry Keegan as an actor. Like, if you've mm-hmm. seen The Killing of a Sacred Deer, that is true unhinged Barry Keegan, and I think he could yeah. be a really good Joker. So, like, if they wanted to do it with him, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. So, But, like, part of me is also, like, do we need another Joker? So I'm torn. okay all right all right andres how about you ma'am i'm on board for it only because they didn't treat it as like a huge 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 like oh this is what's coming in the future type of thing it's just that this world is populated with so many criminals and you get the sense that this joker has already confronted batman previously so we can get the ball rolling in the next film i'm kind of mixed on barry as the joker because i think I'm kind of over Barry being in every single thing now. Like he's been in Eternals, he's been in this, and like, like once he's in a hot streak. streak. Let him get that he's, money. He's he's he's, he's, he's on a hot streak. That that's fine. He he's in a hot streak. That's fine. But also, I've been hearing the rumors that he might be playing Fade Rathar in the Dune sequel, and I'm like, uh, if we're gonna keep seeing him in every single thing, I mean, he's a good actor, but there's a certain thing that sort of actors not taking too many 
IPs all at once that you sort of buy into the reality of what character they are at that point in time. But he's a great actor. I'm, I know, I know I'm going to be probably proven wrong by the time the next movie comes out. If the Joker is in the next film, I will say if they are heading down the route where Joker will be a part of the next film, I would love to see the war of jokes and riddles on screen, the Tom King arc, which is freaking fantastic. It's basically a gang war between the Riddler and Joker going back to back to back on each other with then dealing with another villain on top of that. So that's a perfect way to maybe go on through the next film. But also on top of that, I'm going to say this other thing as well, too. Um, if we want to keep going down the route where we start introducing more of uh, Batman's uh, supporting supporting characters as well, too. We didn't get to see Lucius Fox in this movie. And I'm going to say it right here. I want to see in the sequel Lucius Fox played by Lakeith Stanfield. I want to see that. <laughs> I mean, oh, I like Lakeith yeah. Stanfield yeah. in anything, so yeah, I'll take it. Oh, oh. I love him in No, Because read the phone book and no, I still love it. No, you literally said his name was like interesting and then I put glasses on him and was like, perfect. And you can totally yeah. see it, like Keith Stanfield and oh, Rob Hansen, like going back and forth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like they both have that like perfect deadpan, like comedic delivery, which I feel like would be perfect for. No, that'd be a great choice. Oh my God. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah. yeah. I will say, though, in terms of villains, I want redemption for Poison Ivy. We don't get a lot of female villains. And <gasps> we got a very campy yeah. and we got a very boring. Like, <laughs> yeah. if we could meet in the middle, that'd be great. But see, the thing is, is that, like, I love Poison Ivy. I would love to see a different version of her. But the I feel like this universe that Matt Reeves has created, it's like he's grounding everyone so heavily. I'm trying to think, how do you ground Poison Ivy in a way where it's kind of, like, believable? Like, I heard oh. rumors that he wants to do Mr. Freeze. And I could see a grounded version of that character like and i could see that being really emotional because there's great comics that delve into that emotional story of why he becomes mr freeze how he becomes mr freeze and it's really emotional it's really great and even they tap into it in a great way even in that like comedic harley quinn series on hbo max which is great <laughs> where like you really feel for the guy and you understand why he's doing what he's doing but like i would love to see a grounded version of that when poison ivy i'm like ah, i just i just don't want this iteration to veer into that like over the top larger than life thing like i want to keep it grounded but if he, if he can find a way to make that grounded sure but yeah. i'm a little hesitant yeah. well, i hesitant. think i mean they made her way too grounded in the nolan films like it she was just boring like it didn't make she any was, sense she was you mean in... Catwoman? yeah that was know. a cat was it? Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking she like kind of was a poison ivy but not really uh the french lady what's her name Marion cotillard oh yes 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 that like she kind of was poison ivy without being poison ivy you know what i mean so i feel like a little bit of vibe well, i don't know she was like into earth shit and was friends with things you know <laughs> <laughs> like she ivy. was into earth shit so she's gotta be poison <laughs> so it's real grounded yeah and she was friends with Dane. okay yeah. Um, yeah look look i'm a pisces like, i'm really into earth shit <laughs> 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 Robin, Robin, but he is Robin. I feel like it was a soft, like poison ivy. Like, if we can find somewhere in, again, if we can find somewhere in the middle where, you know, it's not. Oh my boring. God. 
if she's she in there, says I'm, if she it. says I'm really into earth shit, then I'm on board, Nancy. Okay. Yeah, if she exactly. says that, I'm there. on board. Put it in there. <laughs> but, but like, but like, honestly, there is a way to ground poison ivy. I mean, without the huge plants and all that other stuff, you know, you could totally make poison ivy an eco terrorist, and you can also make her her gag or yeah. her her big thing is using different plants that are untraceable that is that is totally a poison yeah. ivy right there that you me on it good for you yeah what is that movie white oleander is that the one where uh michelle pfeiffer yeah oh my oh. god i remember yeah. that movie holy yeah. shit i remember she, that movie she poisons her um, yeah. boyfriend with white oleanders so like something yeah. like that would be cool good wow. idea now they also yeah. That, that would be great. Oh, my God. Good for you, Andres. Good for you. That's where you bring in the detective <laughs> aspect, guys. Boom. Yep, yeah, we got I mean, there. Yes. Look, okay. look, look, Andres, that's why we don't pay you the big bucks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get this for free. <laughs> Writing a movie, guys. <laughs> Seriously, get him on the board. I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, can I ask really quick? Did, what, what, he injected his leg. Was that like the... The Bane juice. Oh, that that's what that's what that's himself? what a lot of people are saying. That's what a lot of people are saying. That might okay. be the like venom or whatever. I will I will say I will, that I, I believe that is venom because in the comics, Batman develops a steroid drug venom, not as not as a thing for Bane to use, but he develops it because what ends up happening in the comics is that he fails to save this little girl from a from an explosion or something like that, and he's so guilt-ridden, and he starts realizing that he's starting to get fatigued, so that steroid drug is actually something that was built to keep him up and to get him to do this crime-fighting thing 24-7 without any sleep whatsoever, but the problem was it had the ramification of it made his rage go so much more. So in that scene where he injects himself and he almost kills that yeah, guy, I'm kills like, the guy. Yeah. That's I, I like I fully believe one hundred percent that that is venom. So there you go. Nice. Oh my god. That. Um. And I. I mean, look, we could go all day. We're talking about the Batman. I'm sure we could. But speaking of Batman, I want to. I want to hit this final segment here. Where I mean, this is a tough call for any Batman fan, and you know, this is kind of between a you know a rock and a hard place here. I'm about to ask everyone what your favorite Batman movie is. I, I mean, I'm saying all the Batman movies. It could be live action. It could be the animated. It could be anything your heart desires. So favorite Batman movie. We're going to start here with Jeffrey. What is your favorite Batman movie? All right. So I'm going to do a little bit of a swerve because I think someone okay. here will pick The Dark Knight. And I think someone here will also pick this most recent, The Batman. I mean, look, and go I, with your gut, man. Yeah. I mean, look, even I, if there's... I really, and I really do love the movie I'm about to pick, but I am picking okay. the Lego Batman movie. Solid choice. I just love that. If you know me and you know like how I how I operate in the show, I do love animated movies just in general. And I just okay. think this movie knows it understands Batman, but it also knows how to make fun of it. And I just think yes. from the opening scene where like it's just Joker <laughs> rattling off all of the villains that he brought with them. And he's like, are the, oh are some of God, real? He's it. like, yep, yeah, they're all real. And then it's just like Batman singing while fighting crime to like, it's just, it's very, it's so funny. It's a laugh per minute. Um, you know, I mean, I'm a loser at home like, and I'm a loser at work. Exactly. <laughs> He's flipping through the channels and watching <laughs> him flipping through the channels and laughing at Jerry Maguire. I just think it's it's so funny, and I think it 
It's like a love letter to Batman, but it also loves making fun of it. And I just, I'm so sad we'll never get a sequel. I'm so sad that I mean, that never got say never, but yeah, I think I love the Lego Batman movie. It's 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 a great movie to put on if you just need something to, uh, to have fun with and laugh. So. Oh my god, I, I I love that. You know, the weird thing is, I literally just ordered that movie in 4K because I have it on Blu-ray, yeah. but I I'm sure it's going to look amazing in 4K, and I oh, love yeah. that movie. It's yeah. one of my favorite Batman movies. I, like I said, like you literally just said, I think it's a great love letter to Batman, but it also pokes fun at like the goofy thing about him in a way that like it's still like very lovable and i feel like it like toes that line perfectly so yeah, love that best, choice yeah the best joke is like when he's he asks rob it's like what's your name and he says dick and he's like well children can be cruel and he, <laughs> 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 yeah. like other kids call me dick it's <laughs> amazing i i, so I love that so movie good. love it yeah. um nancy how about you what's your favorite batman movie i'm curious now i mean that was a great first choice i did not expect that i got a swerve right there okay I know. Um, I think I am gonna go probably with the Dark Knight. It's so hard though because I feel like when you compare like the more campy ones to these newer ones, it's almost like apples to oranges. Like they're not the same vibe, I guess you could say. Um, but Dark Knight, I really like. I think it has a little bit more rewatchability than this Batman for me. I think I I really love this new Batman, but I don't see myself being able to just like throw it on. I feel like I have to be in a certain mood to watch it. So for me, that's why I think Dark Knight, um, you know, I just really love Heath Ledger's Joker and everything that was done with that movie. And it's really easy for me to like, just throw on and rewatch at any moment. Um, but I do like the Lego Batman pick. That was also very good. I might watch it later. (laughs) As you should, it's freaking great. Um, Andres, how about, I'm actually curious about you, Andres. What, what's your favorite Batman movie? You know, this movie really climbed up the list really high, right off the get-go. There's certain little gripes about it that I do have that prevent it from being my all-time favorite Batman movie. But I'm going to have to agree with Nancy, and I'm going to have to say The Dark Knight is probably my favorite Batman movie still. But just by a small little hair, like... Uh, you know, I think I think the execution is perfect. The movie, for lack of a better word, it is transcendent of not only the genre, but in terms of just action films and in terms of staging. And also Dark Knight is what Dark Knight is what made IMAX palpable to an audience. So it, it, we owe so much to that original Dark Knight film. But also on top of that, you know, Heath Ledger's amazing performance in it. Um uh, oh, yeah. Also, Aaron Eckhart's amazing performance as Two-Face Harvey Dent. My two favorite Batman villains, all both on screen at the same time. It's For me, that movie is a perfect storm of everything gone right in Batman. But I will say Dark Knight and uh, The Batman are both really great films. And one of them is a much better Batman film, but one of them is a better film in general. So it's kind of a tough pick for me, but I would say The Dark Knight. I mean, plus also I have a lot of really warm feelings for that movie because it basically just started my career as as a as a filmmaker and it also started my career in the film industry. So I have a little bit of a bias when it comes to The Dark Knight, admittedly, but <laughs> It's a special movie for me in so many respects. I mean, look, don't choke up literally, Andres. We don't need that. <laughs> That's how much he loves it. <laughs> That's how much he loves it. It's like, I can't fucking pay this. But uh, honestly, like, all these are good choices. And 
if you asked me like you know a few days ago after I saw it the first time if you asked me what my favorite Batman movie I probably would have said The Dark Knight but as I pretty much stated earlier I have to say that I think that this new Batman film is my favorite Batman movie and I say that and I emphasize the Batman part because I want a Batman movie and mm-hmm. I feel like this Batman movie gave me the most Batman and not only the most Batman, but the best version of Batman that I've seen in a live action form yet. Dark Knight. I love it with every fiber of my being. Look, I mean, I'm wearing a Dark Knight fucking shirt. So obviously, you know, I love (laughs) the Dark Knight. I love the Joker. I love Heath Ledger's performance. It's probably my favorite performance by an actor ever. If I'm being honest, it's just it was the first performance where I really felt like I did not see an actor anymore. I just saw a character and I was completely glued to the screen every second that person was on screen. But The Dark Knight is not really a Batman movie. It feels more like a Joker movie. And as a Joker movie, it's great. But I feel like Batman kind of takes the back seat in that movie and he's not as compelling as I wanted him to be. And he doesn't get nearly enough screen time as I wanted him to. And I also feel especially with a lot of repeat viewings. I mean, I love that movie, but I always feel like the third act of that movie isn't nearly as good as the first two halves because it's trying to do so much. It's doing the whole Joker boat conflict and then you're throwing in Two-Face and then you're throwing in, you know, um, the whole, you know, Lucius Fox trying to track down everybody and track down the Joker. Like, it's just a huge sequence and I felt like it doesn't get enough time to breathe. And I also feel like, Two-Face really should have been saved for that for like another movie because I feel like he kind of gets short shafted in The Dark Knight where I feel like his arc gets really rushed in like the last 15 minutes where he becomes Two-Face and then he gets killed and you know thing where I would have loved to see like a Joker Two-Face team up in a possible sequel if Heath Ledger had lived on I felt like that would have been great I would have loved to have seen that but This movie gave me all the Batman I wanted to see. It gave me a different version of Batman that I had never seen before. I think in terms of filmmaking, I think this is a much better constructed movie. I think this is a more auteur kind of Batman movie where I felt like every frame is just bursting with creativity and, you know, um, just thoughtfulness. And not to say, not to give any sort of sight to Christopher Nolan, because I still think to this day, The Dark Knight is probably the best theater experience I've ever had in my life, because especially just watching the Joker for the first time, hearing everyone's reaction, feeling that kind of excitement in the theater, you just don't get that anymore. But Mm -hmm. as a Batman fan, I have never felt as fulfilled as I was watching this movie, especially the second time go around where I felt like I was getting the version of the character. I always wanted the kind of story. I always wanted the kind of depth and seriousness and emotion I always wanted from this character. And for me, it just sets it apart tremendously from the other Batman movies. And the dark Knight's a very close second, but I think the more I watch this new one, the more it's just going to kind of set itself apart, but love the Nolan movies. But I think this one is the kind of Batman I want and i think it's the most true to who i am (laughs) so i'm gonna say this batman movie but like i said i think we all picked good movies here i'm proud of us i'm proud of it (laughs) (laughs) we did it we we, we we did it guys i think we all picked great batman movies we all picked a Batman movie, and that's We all fine. didn't we, pick Batman and Robin, so that's the... Yes, that's <laughs> also a plus. That is also a plus. <laughs> <laughs> wait, not, wait, who, okay, wait. Little bonus question, though, for you. Mm-hmm. Favorite Batman? Who do you got? Oh, I... Oh, yeah, see, Jeffrey went back in the seat. He's like, I thought this was over. He's like, I thought... Well, I got, you made me, yeah, you made me think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, favorite Batman. Just favorite first? Batman. Or... Um, you know what? It, whoever 
actually has one right off the bat. If you still need to think, think. But if you got one, just raise your hand and we'll go for you. What do you got? Mm. First to do it. Let's see. Who's going to be? Oh, Andres. What do you got? Pattinson. (laughs) Pattinson. He's great. He's great all around. He's great all around. Gave us intimidating Batman. Gave us a Batman that can actually fight. Uh, Gave us also a Batman that will be also willing to take a few punches here and there. He's not perfect, but it is... It is... I buy everything. I buy everything as his Batman. So automatically right off the bat, never questioned this Batman for a second. It's Pattinson for me. Okay. All right. Jeffrey, what about you, man? Clooney. I'm kidding. Um, I'm just, <laughs> I think about to take off these headphones. Time. I think, on. I saw somewhere else that like a lot of people's favorite Batman is like the one they first saw. And I, for me, I think it was Christian Bale. So I, I will um, say him. I think his Bruce Wayne, I really do love as the kind of suave play, but you really buy that from him that he's, you know, he comes from money and that he's, he's, uh, he's, he's living the high life. And I think his Batman, while it has been made fun of to death, I think it's still very intimidating. It's still very grounded and and uh, and gritty. And, uh, so I would say Christian Bale. All right, Christian Bale, Nancy, are you going to be different? Are you going to be the same? Let's find out. Um, I mean, in terms of Batman and not Bruce Wayne, I think Pattinson is definitely up there. But I think I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Michael Keaton. I just whoa, okay. And also, he beat the Batman curse, which I appreciate. So you know what? He came back from that. And I don't know. I just will always have a soft spot for Michael Keaton and his Batman. Okay. And I'm actually going to have to go with Pattinson. And that and that is a yeah. big thing for me to say because I have been a huge defender of Christian Bale. Thinking that I think he's just the best Batman, the best Bruce Wayne. But Pattinson really made me love his Batman but also make me really like his Bruce Wayne because, again, I've never seen such a fractured version of Mm. Bruce Wayne before because we usually always see Batman, like, well into his tenure as that hero, you know, where, like, we see him with that well-defined Bruce Wayne persona and also that Bruce Wayne persona. But this is the first time we've really ever seen kind of like Bruce Wayne as this adult, but you still see the kid in him, if that makes sense, Mm, where you see that kid who lost his parents, where you see that kid who's still hurting who feels like the only thing he's really living for is just like fighting bad guys because it's the only thing that's keeping him away from just grieving constantly. And I just, I really loved what he did with the character in both facets. And I feel like sequels are only going to cement this as he maybe develops that Bruce Wayne persona a little bit more, develops that Batman persona a little bit more. I'm really excited to see where he takes it. But just in terms of Batman, like within... As soon as he stepped onto the screen, I was like, that's fucking Batman. Not even for a second did I think, oh, that's Robert Pattinson. No, literally just immediately bought him as the character, and he just got better and better as the movie got went on, and I was super happy with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to pick a, a favorite Batman, but I think we've all got some solid choices here. We all didn't pick George Clooney, so <laughs> that, I, think, I think that's a win in and of itself. But honestly, guys, thank you all for joining me for a brand new episode and thank you all for listening and or watching if that is what you are doing uh thank you for supporting the show obviously let us know in the comments if you're watching this video uh what your favorite batman movies what you thought what did you think of the new batman movie did you love it did you hate it your mixed bag on it let us know in that comment section we always love the comments nancy loves the comments tell the people how much you love the comments yeah i read them all and i comment them on 
comment on and the you comment them on that's how much she comment them on comment on the comments them on please leave comments just please leave comments and Obviously, as always, we like to, you know, plug everyone here. Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on the show. My it's pleasure. a pleasure to have you. Thank you for coming on the show. You were an absolute blast to have on. Now, if people are looking to follow you on the social medias, where can they find you, sir? Um, on Twitter, you can find me at the King Con. I'm also on Letterboxd. If you just search my actual name, uh, Jeffrey Khan. Um, and yeah, I'll be, you can hopefully find me in the Schmodown sometime uh, down the road. Awesome. Love to hear that. Nancy, where can the people find you? You can find me at PL underscore Band-Aid on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, you can find me here. And then every once in a while on the Video Chronic quizzes. And I swear someday we will get back to our crazy ex-girlfriend review. <laughs> I feel like this is literally every fucking episode. One day Listen. we're going to get back to it. I swear we one are day we're going to get back people. I swear when the sun sets and the moon rises in the east, we're going to get back to it. <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> That's what Just one day. One day. But it's, I'm sorry, Nancy. No, I... I I'm fully supportive of that. I just, I bust your balls because I want you to do it because you're good at it. That's <laughs> I mean, listen, that's the only way we're actually going to get it done is if someone yeah. keeps giving you shit about I, it. I just got to keep giving you that push. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but anyway, we, we, we only kid because we love Andres. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> this is his favorite part every week, Con. All right. Yeah, this is my favorite part because he has to like do see, a wind up. I can tell, yeah. yeah. Here we you go. You can find me on Twitter and, and Instagram as Galagos. You can also find me on <laughs> twitch.tv as Galagos209. You can also find me on High Voltage Media doing the, uh, a couple of series on there, co hosting. And then we're going to be doing a Jaws retrospective review very soon. And we're going to be doing a couple other things on that channel. And then also we're going to be doing season two of Crazy Ex Girlfriend with Nancy eventually. So there you go. Boom. <laughs> love it and if you guys want to find me on the interwebs you can find me at youtube at shadow bash reviews you can find me on facebook at shadow bash reviews and you can find me on twitter and instagram at tom shadow bash and of course you can find me nancy and andres here on the film on tap podcast where we're here every other week where we've got the tap that never runs out we will see you for a brand new episode in a couple weeks hope you enjoyed the episode and until then have a great rest of your week. Have a great week up until the next episode. Have a great time. Live your life. Live it to the fullest. I'm going on because I fully forgot how to end this episode. But <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, we will see you for the next episode. And until then, guys, just have a... No. See, I thought I had it, and I didn't have it. Um, have no, a great life. Keep, until no, then. We're gonna, no, we're going to keep see all Batman this in. Again. So let's, let's try this. Let's try this. See the Batman... Batman. Have a great rest of your week. Have a great life. And we'll see you for the next episode. Have a great one, guys. See ya. Bye. <laughs>